Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, 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 hello. Do a few extra there. Um, we are Shauna back in the studio. Um, I will continue to say that. Uh, it's good to be in studio again. We've we've mentioned the last couple of podcasts that uh, we've been out of pocket for a while, but we are glad uh, to be with you guys. Uh, we've been currently going through this Gospel for Real Life series, and we've been having Brad Hambrick on over the last couple of episodes, and we are going to continue with Brad today. And today we're going to be talking about God's attributes, and uh, we've mentioned Brad's, uh, you know, kind of where he's at, church he's at, pastor, everything. I'll put all those in the show notes. Uh, we just want to get to it because God's attributes are inexhaustible. And uh, we certainly aren't going to be able to have a ton of time to get through that. But the, the goal of this podcast is to uh, take God's attributes and just apply it uh, to, to our lives. And so, uh, Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing well today. Great to be with you guys. Yes, again. It's been a long phone call. <laughs> it's good. Shauna, how are you? I'm good. I just got a text. You know, we, we did the last podcast on self-centered spouse and R.C. Sproul. You yeah. know, you know who he is, right? He puts on here, husbands, love your wives. It's not a practical nugget of human wisdom. It is the mandate of almighty God. Nice. Is that something Israel posted? That's so good. <laughs> that he just, he, he's kind of like our Wait, do you need me to feed. reread it? Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter who posted it. I want you to understand what it says. No, oh, yeah. I'm kidding. I got it. I got it. Uh, we need to, we, we need, uh, Jeremy, I can't wait to get to your books. We're going to be doing your gospel for mm-hmm. real life books. You yeah. ready for that? I am. Yeah. Cutting one is one of the ones that I've used to where it's like, it ha- it's titled cutting. So Brad, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, when you were the, the general editor, Brad Hamburg was actually the general editor of all the gospel for real life books. I don't know if we mm-hmm. know if, if the listeners knew that, which is really awesome, but Brad on Jeremy's one for cutting, you know, obviously you pick it up because, okay, I'm counseling someone who is struggling in that way, but the way that it's written, it really could apply to anything. It's so good. So y'all could have put cutting, cutting and more or something on there, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I think there's people who aren't even being able to get out mm-hmm. of all that is in there because mm-hmm. of the title almost, you know? Yeah, as well as the uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Put too, yeah, that's good. true. But for this one particular, obviously, I love it. It's God's attributes, right? So, like, we could never say we don't like this book, <laughs> right? Um, but it's one of the foundational truths. You know, Brad, I, I love that you made this important to put into the series because this is one of those foundational truths that every single counselor and pastor should be making sure that, hey, when I'm, you know, offering biblical counselor to this particular person, when they leave um, and we graduate our time together, that they 100% are leaving with knowing and understanding and living accordingly to God's attributes, right? Wouldn't you agree? Like a foundational one? Uh, It really is. And so whether this is maybe a good culminating assignment if somebody's graduating from counseling, you're spacing sessions out, some of the struggles in life are uh, less acute, you're trying to provide more uh, proactive care, Uh, I think this would be a a great resource. Yeah, it's good. And it's what's interesting and why this is uh, such an instrumental uh, piece that we definitely want to add to our toolbox as counselors is that uh, more often than not, uh, you know, when, when we're working with uh, counselees, it's, it's, we're hearing their theology, right? In other words, mm-hmm. the way that they're responding to life and the way that they're understanding how God's working within those circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so uh, th- this is definitely a foundational piece because it does help people uh, understand categorically who God is in light of who they are 
and how he's working in their circumstances and understanding his attributes. Yeah. So it's this it's is good. one of the books that's not just for the counselors, but you could definitely buy this and give this as a homework resource. Like, yeah. hey, read this yeah. book. And yeah. So what kind of what stirred your heart, Brad, particularly to write it? Well, it's not the most flattering story. Uh, but this is one where the germ of the idea is very distinct uh, when it, it came to my mind. We uh, had been to church on a given Sunday. Uh, our pastor had preached an amazing sermon on God being patient, and life was busy. I don't think I've written a burnout book yet. I probably should have been paid more attention to it if I had time. Um, but life was busy. I was stressed. Uh, great sermon on patience. Uh, and I just came home from church in a foul mood. And I was trying to figure out why am I in a bad mood? I mean, we had a good morning at church and the sermon was good and the friends were there. And, you know, it hit me that hearing the sermon, I was like, I, I just don't have time. There's plenty of things that I need to do that I need to grow in. This is hard and the thought hit me. I'm trying to be patient like God is patient as if God was not patient. Mm. I was feeling rushed, pushed. And, uh, you know, that first idea that came out that became a part of the booklet was we need to rest in an attribute of God before we try to emulate it. And until I took rest in the fact that God was patient, becoming more patient was just going to become one more to do uh, that was piling up on my list. In that picture that we get in Ephesians 5, where it talks about uh, emulating God like dearly loved children. When they're little and you see them doing the things that look like you, they put on your shoes, they put on your clothes, they want to wear a hat like you do. And there's nothing in that that is task mm-hmm. It's just them emulating their hero. They trust you, they like you, they, and so they want to be like you. And that's what it means to rest in something. And when we don't have that kind of relationship with a given attribute of God, it's going to be uh, very difficult to emulate it in a way that actually feels life-giving instead of duty-based. And so that's why for each of the attributes we talk about, one of the things that was most stretching for me in writing it was forcing myself to come up with questions of like, what would I ask myself to know whether I was resting in this attribute? I can give all kinds of questions for what it looks like to emulate. Uh, Those questions came easy. I had to edit those down. But I probably grew most from having to focus on what does it look like to grasp it after you. Yeah, that's good. So in in moving into the book, you actually started off with this idea of from life to God. Uh, We share a little bit more on that. Yeah. And so while... You know, these books are, all of the Gospel for Real Life series are theologically oriented. You know, the goal is for them to be very practical. And so with this one where we were going to do a lot more what might be called deep theology of just wanting people to see the practical day-to-dayness of theological assumptions, that how we think about God, what we think God expects of us, the demeanor and disposition that we perceive God as having, it does a lot for our emotions, for our dispositions, for what we think it looks like to be Christ-like in a multitude of situations. Just wanted to invite the reader really to be 
for us? Because sometimes you start talking about God, you get so preoccupied about having the right answer that it seems really bad if my theology is not right in this moment, that we don't feel the freedom to say, okay, where is my answer right now? Like every other part of my life, it needs to be refined. It needs to grow. It needs to become richer. But let Let's look at the parts of our life that reveal where it is right now. Yeah. Let's relax and breathe so that wherever it is, we can just take the next words where it is. That's excellent. And, you know, this is a this is a booklet that I definitely recommend to lots of people that I counsel. And one of the reasons is that it puts the process of change and the experience of suffering and all of that in the right location where God is at the center. And one of the things that you do that's extremely helpful is not only emphasize that reality, but you also emphasize the importance of having a balanced view of God in terms of uh, being able to rest in all of who he is, as well as emulating him. And so you created a chart uh, to explain how to have this balanced view. And I would love for you to maybe just give us a, a bit of an overview of, of what you created there. Yeah. And part of that's just the, you know, the vice of being a counselor is usually we write about uh, unpleasant stuff, uh, things that aren't the most enjoyable. But coming to this and really kind of wrestling with a practical theology, how our view of God impacts day-to-day life, you know, that circle diagram was part of me trying to figure out what would this look like. Uh, I remember listening to him give a lecture, and he made a statement about God's holiness, kind of the germ of the circle. Uh, he said, God's holiness is all of God's attribute working perfect? That God's love isn't at odds with His justice. That you know, that's where this idea of balance came from, harmony. Uh, and so I tried to think through, like, how would we know if if our view of God was becoming more of a oval, got a circle, and you imagine splicing it into four pieces like a pizza? You know, we've got attributes of love, attributes of essence attributes of wisdom, attributes of power. Uh, And for each of those, just to help it be numerically balanced, tried to give four attributes under each one of those. Any given individual, we're going to have an affinity for one of these over the others. Uh, And you probably can identify friends. You're like, yes, this is the person who's like all about God's power and God can do anything. And if they're going to talk about God, they always gravitate towards power. Mm -hmm. And and other people, I mean, they are, they just, uh, they're infatuated with God's wisdom. Uh, And God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And they, um, you know, they're just always going into such nuance and it's wonderful, but sometimes it can be tedious for us. And you got other people who are just God's love kind of people. And, and if we could just be more loving, like God is loving, and we we hear them, and man, they can bring that aspect of God's character for, to life for us. And But sometimes we may go, yes, what they do is beautiful, but it doesn't feel so it feels It feels off of balance. And so uh, if we move it from our friends to us for a moment, I mean, we're just like our friends. And so how do I do? Which of these do I have an affinity towards? And because I have an affinity towards it, if I'm going to underline a verse in my Bible, it's going to be a verse about that. Uh, and then when I get to a verse that's about one of these other things, it just doesn't light my fire in the same way. Uh, so I don't tend to underline and meditate and memorize that verse as much. And so as you, you know, the booklet invites you to go around the circle over the course of a month. You're invited to reflect, which of these do I emphasize? Why? 
What impact does it have on my view of God, the way that I live life, my emotions, my relationships? And again, hopefully you've heard me say this. It's not so that we freak out about where we're wrong. It's just so that it creates a self-awareness that, well, once we see it, we can start to fix it. We can start to balance it out better. And so awareness is a wonderful thing because it's what affords the opportunity to change. Yeah, that's really good. So how would you, um, in, in explaining that and kind of presenting those four quadrants, how would you allow or help um, or encourage a pastor or counselor to use this chart as a tool in a session? So the first thing that came to mind was what we mentioned earlier is this is a good, uh, as counseling is staging out tool and we're wanting something that refines character in general, uh, this is a good tool for that. But uh, I think your question may be more oriented to the early phases of counseling. Uh, when would this tool be relevant and how might it be used? Yeah. And so, again, that example I was using of friends, uh, maybe you have that very sincere, sweet Christian who is so loving that they err on the side of a neighbor. And what I hope a booklet like this would do is it would allow us to affirm what is good in their motive and intent, but also shining light on what is incomplete. And so I'm just saying, hey, I I hear in these relationships that you are, like you want to make sure that if there's one thing that you don't miss or do poorly, it's loving. That I think this side of, of what it means to honor wisdom, character, inviting certain people into your life to not dismiss those standards that scripture gives us. I think that may contribute to why you tend to be too giving, too forbearing in those relationships. What if we use a tool like this to help us kind of discern what it would look like for those things to be more in balance? Or maybe you've got somebody who's just, man, they come in uh, and part of the reason their life begins to deteriorate is because anything that they don't understand, anything that seems hard, they're just going to attribute it to faith and God's going to take care of it. God is powerful. He's got a cattle on a thousand hills. He can do anything. I'm just going to trust him. (laughs) Uh, And they're so... They're so in that quadrant of God's power that they're neglecting that sphere of responsibility. And so, again, we can use this to affirm what is good while also drawing attention to what is incomplete. What I like about that metaphor of a circle or a ball is it just say, okay, where is our view of God lumpy? And for somebody who has the kind of faith that they care enough about God that they get passionate about one quadrant of God's attributes, They're also the kind of people who care enough that when they see that another quadrant is neglected, that is usually a good way to stir motivation for them to grow in that area. Yeah, that's good. I like how the circle from a counseling standpoint, when you look at the outer rim, like the way that you've done the diagram, you're saying the outer part is the fruit of misunderstanding or misapplying God's attributes. And then you go in, which is the fruit of resting in and emulating God's attributes. And you kind of give examples of each of those, but then you kind of then go in the circle. And so the goal is like, if you had this chart in front of your counselee, you could pretty much say, hey, you know, where are we, where are we misunderstanding? or misapplying, right, God's attributes. 
and we want to get into the, the, the part of resting in and really at that inner circle, like it keeps going in where the overall thing is we have a, a full, like a, a well-rounded or a balanced view of God, really. That's your terminology, right? Which, which is the holiness of God. So we have a goal of where we're going and here's how we get to. And so within each part of the circle, you've just drew it out or created it or however you want to say in a way, yeah, drawn it up. (laughs) You create it in a way that's such a practical tool that, I mean, you could even print this out and put this on your mirror, you know, like on a daily thing and look at it to really kind of pray through these attributes and, and, and how am I actually understanding it and applying it well in my life? And then you've given us a tool, which I think Michael wants to talk a little bit about it, about Okay, how do you, how do you help the counselee get there to understand this chart in a way that they then you give them a you know a four week um, devotional? Yeah, so I was just going to say, I mean that's that's kind of the uh, wisdom. Week. Well, I was going to say that's kind of the wisdom in creating that. It's it's one thing to present a diagram, mm-hmm. and it's another thing to actually give a pathway to to work through that diagram in, in, in a meaningful, robust way where the person's actually growing. So if they, if we've identified, you know, speaking in a counseling session, if we've identified what quadrant they're in and they seem to always lean on, like as Brad mentioned and alluded to kind of the love piece where it gets to the point of it's enabling them, identifying, you know, the diagram of where that falls in. And now um, the way that it's set up through the rest of it is this uh, weekly devotional that allows them to engage with the scriptures and then helping, you know, helping them kind of just, again, not just intellectually, but just kind of like draw their hearts to the scriptures and see that, yeah, I know I kind of lean on God or err on God in this particular quadrant. But, you know, as I continue to go further into the di- diagram, into the into the middle of it, it's it's the completeness of it. It's it's having a, a, a robust, balanced understanding of who God is and and how I view him in, in light of my circumstance or situation. Yeah, it's just it, this this book is literally the perfect tool for pastors and counselors out there to buy it and actually give it as homework. I mean, each of the four quadrants is a week of an assignment, right? Yeah. So week one is let's dig in deeper to God's, you know, attributes of love. And then within, within each day, you know, Brad, you've written it out to where, okay, then each day they're going to talk about, you know, God is personal, God's grace, God's good, God's patient. So like, so let's get a good understanding of those four things so we can understand then overall the attribute of love. And then week four, or, you know, week two, week three, four is going through the, the next oven. So Brad has really laid out not only a helpful chart tool here, but an actual, you know, weekly assignment devotional for your, um, the person, even a friend. I mean, this doesn't have to be just, you know, everybody, everybody's a counselor, right? The, every, yeah. the everyday counselor. And so you could give this to a friend who's struggling and you want to remind them of God's attributes. So this book was really helpful um, in that. And so thank you, Brad, for writing it in this way. Um, you know, each booklet. So I'm this consistent person, right? Like if I created a book series, I would want this consistency among each of the books. And we don't really find that necessarily in, in the way that you did it, which I love and appreciate because you've written it in a way that be, how do I best communicate this particular topic in a way that will benefit the counselor and pastor, but then obviously those who they're providing care for. Um, so like, I just really appreciate that, Brad, because this book um, about God's attributes is written in a way that is so helpful for all of us. I was going to say that I think that does capture my heart in writing it. Was this may be the least counseling specific uh, resource mm-hmm. that I did for for the Gospel for Real Life series? It's 
friendship, discipleship. It, it is general spiritual growth and nourishment. Uh, I think it does have an eye to counseling, but the uh, the audience for this one is it is much broader. Hundred percent. Yeah, this this is one of the must have books that we all should really you know that we all should have that we all should work through um, that we should always have available you know to hand off to anyone for yeah, sure. Yeah, they're just I mean they're just really digestible. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this one specifically, where it's you know after a session or two and you've identified you know kind of where this person is and you begin that conversation with them to where within a month's time. It's probably changed their perspective in a lot of different ways that has, you know, that will change them moving forward in their in their growth and sanctification in Christ. Mm-hmm. So. And, and if you are listening and uh, are interested in getting any of these resources that we've been talking about, you can find it in our bookstore at ChristianCounseling.com. That's right. So anything else, Brad, any final thoughts as we wrap up this podcast? No, I, I do not that know that I kept talking uh, often what we do, but uh, <laughs> I think we've, we've said the, the main pieces there. And for those that who want to set aside a month to really grow in a balanced view of God's character, I hope and pray this is something that serves you well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely will. I, I think it's a it's a must have um, in your counseling toolbox. Um, if you are listening to this podcast and you didn't listen to the previous two where we had Brad on, I just want to make sure that you check out his website at bradhambrick.com and go to the events section because Brad actually uh, makes himself available twice a month to talk and um, share about a counseling topic. Um, and so, Brad, is there anything you want to mention on those events that you host monthly just to share? with those who are listening? Uh, like you said, it's twice a month. Mm-hmm. It is on two Thursdays, which Thursdays can vary just a touch based upon uh, holidays that month and things of that nature. But the first Thursday, uh, we take a counseling skill or concept. Uh, we try to get a good grasp of it uh, intellectually. Uh, the second Thursday of the month, I write out a case study. And we explore that case study, not from a holistic perspective, Um, but to sharpen our ability to make application of that skill or concept that we learned early in the month. Uh, I know for many of us in ministry, we don't get that many continuing education opportunities. We don't get that many opportunities to walk through cases and think through different approaches of uh, how we could engage to be helpful to someone. Uh, And so my I made heart and prayer for that series of webinars is that for those in ministry, this affords that kind of opportunity. And really in the first six, seven months of us doing that, um, we already have a regular uh, participation base from, uh, I think, six of the seven continents. We have a quite a regular audience on Antarctica, and I don't really mm-hmm. foresee that coming, but maybe the people. That's all. That's awesome. That's so good. Just to know that there's, you know, people out there that are wanting to learn and grow. I mean, just to have that willingness is something that I don't take for granted. And so I appreciate all those that are already tuning in for that. And I hope that there's uh, some speak the truth listeners that wasn't aware of that um, free resource and, and um, 
event that you host every month and that they'll take advantage of that. So check out bradhambrick.com. You'll, you'll see all the information there. Brad, thank you so much for coming on Speak the Truth and just sharing your heart behind these books. I'm thankful that what back in 2013, I think it was, is that you, uh, you led out in this particular project. Uh, all the resources within this is, um, is kind of done with your oversight. And so we appreciate the fact that you, that the Lord brought you into uh, partner with ABC in, in that season to, to, to really launch this whole series. Um, but then just that extra thank you of just the four that you contributed to it and join us on the podcast and, and explaining that a little bit more. So counselors and pastors, I think when you, when you hear it, it's, it becomes more than a book. It's like, okay, now we kind of get a little bit just of it where I can jump into the reading part of it and, um, almost soak it up even that much more. So thank you for your time, Brad, on, on, and joining us on speak the truth. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. I love ABC. Glad to be a part of it.